This right here, what I'm holding, is what you call a portable blood pressure monitor, right? So, which means you're at the office, you want to get your blood pressure, or you're in the road, you're traveling, you just take it out, boom, measure yourself. Oh, it's high, it's medium, it's low. And the reason why I'm showing you this is because there's a lot of things you can do as an entrepreneur, C-suite executive, salesperson, or CEO that can increase your blood pressure. And today, we're going to cover what those things are that could cause your blood pressure in your business to go up. So point number one, which is a story of a CEO I spoke to last week that prompted me wanting to make this video. So this CEO is uh, running a business that's doing $5 million a year, whom he bought the business from his dad when it was only doing a million dollars a year. So he's got a business on paper. This guy's killing it. He took his dad's business. He 5X'd it. However, the dad, when he had it at $1 million, he was netting 6% even, a small margins, which is only $60,000. But the son takes it over, takes it to $5 million, and his margins go to 1% which is $50,000. So a $1 million business was netting more than a $5 million business? Exactly. So I said, how did this happen? He said, I don't know. I said, how stressed out are you? He said, Pat, very much so. I said, how's your blood pressure? Pretty high. I said, do you know how you got here? No clue. I said, is this part of your strategy? Meaning maybe you got an investor, angel, you got a lot of savings on the back, so you're putting everything back into the business to grow to 20, 30, 40, 50 million because you're backed up, you're not. He says, absolutely not. I don't have a lot of savings. I said, okay. Then we got a problem. And the point number one is two problems. One, no savings, okay? Two, your, your margins are so low that if you continue this way and you don't study the margins, eventually you're gonna have to shut down your business. So what is the solution to point number one? Here's the solution to point number one. Always have respect for having cash. Yesterday I'm at the ocean with my kids and my daughter, Senna, we're going in the ocean and I always whisper to my sons and I say to them, every time I'm by the ocean, I tell them this. I say, what's the rule with the ocean? They said, Daddy, always respect the ocean because ocean is the most powerful thing in the world. You cannot disrespect the ocean. I said, but if you respect the ocean, you can have a relationship for a long time. Yes? Yes, Daddy. Perfect. We like the ocean. Let's just make sure we respect it. Yes, we will. Great, right? Always respect cash in business. If you have cash and you're respecting a game of business that growing and you have cash, you're going to have a relationship for a long time. But the moment you start disrespecting having cash in business, you don't pay attention to your margin margins, all of a sudden, you'll find yourself having to shut down your business. Point number two, look, everything in life has a formula. What does it mean that everything has a formula? Everything has a formula. You know, diet plus exercise plus proper sleep and rest equals growth and minimizing body fat percentage. Hypothetically, I'm just throwing that out there. But everything has a formula. In your business, I was having a conversation with another CEO, Anton, when I, it was himself, his wife, and his uh, partners, and they're sitting there saying, you know, business has grown, we're growing at 40%, we're growing at this, this, I, what do I do to grow it even faster? I said, tell me your formulas. He says, what do you mean? I said, what formulas do you have? He says, I don't understand. I said, okay, for example, this number of calls in this time period with this many visits equals this many sales. He says, I don't have any formulas like that. I said, if you don't have formulas like that, how do you drive your business? So I said, your homework is to sit down and come up with 10 formulas in your business. And those formulas could be how to run a meeting, five keys to running a good meeting, boom, 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 great. How to drive my sales team, I need this versus this versus this. What do I do as a CEO? Bottom, biz dev operations, gross linear, top, exponential, leadership development and innovative campaign, great. These are formulas, the more formulas you have, the more confident you are to drive your business. What makes blood pressure go up 
is if you as a leader don't have formulas to drive your business. Point number three that could increase your uh, blood pressure is not studying and auditing your business on a regular basis. And what do I mean by auditing? Auditing doesn't just mean numbers. Auditing does mean numbers, but that's one part of it. So you look at your business and you say, okay, let me see what's going on with the numbers. For example, I have a, uh, you know, a platform here that I can look at. I wake up every single morning, any second of the day, any time of the day, any whatever I do, I log on to the website that we have and I can see how all the data, how we compare last year, February, January, same day, as of the 6th, as of the 13th, as of the 28th, in 10 different markers, because that's exactly the number I need to know. And I look at it and say, why is this number down? Why is that number down? Why is this number? By the way, before we had this, you have to know that we did this manually. And we did this for years. But I didn't do it in my first two, three years of the business. It was more kind of like, well, let's just go grow the business, all this other stuff. Eventually, if you don't audit your business, what ends up happening is you're, you're identifying new leaks being created in your ship. And the more leaks the ship has, they eventually sink, right? So when you audit, you're like, okay, what do we have in the people in this area to help out? We don't have a middle management. We need a middle management. What do we have going on in this area to, okay, we don't, uh, what's our accounting from? Oh, they're kind of slow getting back to us on the audits. We got to figure something out over here. What, everything is constantly you're checking, you're auditing. Whether some things need to be audited quarterly, some things need to be audited monthly, some things need to be audited weekly, but there are things that need to be audited daily. You need to take a piece of paper and write down, what do I audit yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily, and then put a plan together to audit those areas in your business so it doesn't increase your blood pressure. Point number four, by the way, what is the whole point about blood pressure? I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to tell you what blood pressure means. It's really stress is what I'm talking about, right? When you got the headache, throbbing migraine or headache you get and you're wondering why you got it. Point number four, no new leaders being developed. If I see an organization and I go visit the office, it's the same faces, same leaders. This month, last month, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Let me put it to you this way. If I'm running that business, I am under a lot of stress because no new leaders are being built. And if you don't constantly replenish an organization with new leaders and you're developing them that are coming up rising stars, you know, and you have a deep bench of people that you can pick this person, put it here, pick that person, put it here. The future of the company is a little bit concerning because you need new leaders. Every time there's new leaders, there's a little bit of threat of other people like, hey, I also want to rise up. And there's also a little bit of opportunity. Hey, it shows that this company is developing people that are moving up. And it shows uh, there's a lot of good things that happen the more new leaders are in place. So what do you do about this? Go pull up your org chart and sit down and say, Mary, how long has Mary been here? When she first came here, what was she? She was probably a three. Now she's a six. Okay, good. Now you look at Jack. When Jack first came, he was this. Now he's this. Okay, we, so how about new people that we have? Well, it's been pretty much the same faces. We got to go recruit. Because just like in the movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, they say, always be closing. You know what mine is? Always be recruiting for new talent to help grow your company to the next level. So make a list of what you have, what leaders have you built, and who you need to go recruit next. Ready? We're back at it again. Blood pressure stress point number five is compliance and legal. And here's what I mean by compliance and legal. We're living in a very different time right now, which means uh, it's not just compliance of your industry to know what's going on with the new rules, new guidelines, new regulation that's coming out. It's also protecting the company in case somebody does something wrong, in case something happens with a client, in case something happens to one of your employees, you have to have compliance in place because for whatever reason, compliance tends to create a ton of headache if you don't have the right leadership team 
in those departments. So many times you'll talk to a executive and say, so what are you doing? To oh, all I've been doing is putting out fires. All I've been doing is putting out fires. All I've been doing is putting out fires. I'll sit there and I'll say, if, if all I've been doing is putting out fires all day long, that means I don't have somebody that's in the right leadership position. Why am I putting out fires all day long? I need to grow the company. I get it, the fact that sometimes a leader has to get in there and fix the issues and process some issues. But if it's ongoing, that means some of your departments lack good leaders, and you need to find some good leaders and departments to be willing to drive those departments. So compliance regulation, if you do it right, and you bring the right leaders and the right counsel, they will give you a lot of confidence. But if you don't have the right compliance, the right counsel, they will continuously call you with fires that you have to put out, and it'll create more of this and less of you growing the business. Point number six is slightly different because, you know, a lot of times I'll sit down and I'm talking to a salesperson. Let's say, let's talk to the sales leaders or salesperson or, or, or somebody that's a national sales director running a sales organization. And you'll see the sales leader working with a salesperson they like a lot, but it's the wrong person they're working with. That's not the right person to be working with. They're not going to give you the kind of rate of return you spend time with this person as you think. You'll have three different people, Bobby, Johnny, Mary, okay? And think of your time this way. If, for every 10 hours you put into Bobby, you're going to get $10,000 back. Just throwing a number out there. For every 10 hours you put into Johnny, you're going to get $50,000 back. But for every 10, 000, 10 hours you put into Mary, you're going to get $100,000 back, right? You don't know this because there's not like a monitor. Let me see here. Oh, okay, you're this much. We don't have that technology, right? But your intuition will sit there and say, well, you know what? I just like this guy more because he also likes Brady like I do. Wrong reason to lock onto that person. You know, but you know, I like Johnny more because Johnny's into poker like I am. Wrong reason. Mary is the person that's going to increase the value of your company. So the, the blood pressure is when you put so much time over here and you're wondering, how come this guy doesn't get it? How come? No, 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 no. It's not his fault. It's your fault. Because when you put time here, it's easy. It's peaceful. She wants to win. She wants to get to work. She wants to be coached. Not putting your time into the right people. By the way, the same goes with clients. I was a stockbroker. I had a client. If every time the market went up, this guy called me 20 times. But every time the market and the stocks went up, he called me 100 times. Eventually, I'm sitting there saying, my entire day, two hours of it is with this guy. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I'm like, how much money have I made off this guy? And I did the numbers. I'm like, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And I said, Johnny, I just don't think I'm the right guy for you. What are you talking about? What are you doing? You can say, I'm, I'm, I, can I refer you to somebody else? Because I'm not the guy. And I referred it to another guy in the office that wanted it. He took it. And guess what? He was miserable. I said, I'm telling you. Here's how. No, I'll take it. Don't worry about it. I can change. I know how to deal with these kinds of clients. I said, okay. Here's yours. You got to learn on who you work with. Because if you don't work with the right clients and the right agents and the right employees and the right people... They're going to suck all the best energy out of you and increase your stress level. So make sure you lock onto the right employees, the right salespeople, the right investors, the right board that you have a choice with, and the right client. Or else, you're going to waste a lot of time being stressed out. Point number seven is another one here that's, uh, you know, you say, so, so say you're running a company and I'm talking to the CEO. Like, so how many direct reports do you have? Oh, I have, uh, so we draw the org chart. I only have five. Oh, okay, really, let's take a look. So we start drawing this stuff on the board. I'm like, who's he report to? Really me. How about this person? It's technically me. How about this person? We came up with like 26 people that reported to this guy directly. 
employees, 26 people that reported to this guy. I said, I said, so let me ask you a question. How are you developing leaders here? I said, how do you have any life? What, what, what are you doing? He said, oh, it's just it's, it's so nonstop. I said, well, buddy, you got to figure something out here because way too many people report to you directly. I, and by the way, it was not a deep bench at all. There was no depth in the organization. There was no middle management in the organization. He was a control guy. I said, let me explain to you how control works. The word control and trust go together, okay? The less you control, the more you trust the person. The more you control, the less you trust the person. I had a conversation with my son yesterday, Tico, and I told him, I said, listen, you ever wonder when you read your book and you go out and want to play a video game, do I control you? Not at all. You ever wonder when you're going out there and you're playing with the sand and you're messing around doing whatever you're doing and you like to get really dirty, do I control you? No, you're okay with me. But do you ever notice when I ask you something and I say, today, based on what you did, you only can do this much? Yes. Do you realize if you go and still not follow and keep your word, what happens slowly is I want to control you more because I trust you less. But you know what I want to do, buddy, is what? I want to trust you more. So I give you more freedom. Don't you want that? I want that. So why don't we work on trust together, right? When you have 26 direct reports, you don't trust your people, okay? So you need to trust that some of these middle management and some of your direct reports can become leaders. So three goes here, two goes here, four goes here, and then you got five to seven direct reports that you can work with directly. If you don't pay attention to the amount of direct reports that come to you that have people, layers of other people that are developing them, you can all of a sudden catch yourself having an entire week being gone and Saturday you're having dinner telling yourself, what did I really get accomplished today? Not much. Did we really grow the company? No. Why not? Because everybody reports directly to you. It's not a way to build a business. Make adjustments ASAP. <laughs> before you're constantly stressed out. Number eight is the scary one for a lot of people is you got an issue on your desk that you know you have to call one person and you know it's gonna be conflict and you know it could be heated and you know it's gonna be something that the person's not gonna like or you're gonna have to bring somebody in your office, have a conversation with them but you keep delaying it one hour, two hours, three hours, six hours, one day, two days, three days, four days, five days. The longer you delay a conflict, that problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Why? Because on the other side, you don't know what the other person is thinking. The other person's imagination is, oh my gosh, maybe they did this. Oh, I think it's this. No, I think it's this. I, I, I think it's this. It wasn't that. It was just this. But he didn't make the phone call. And it would have been resolved like this. You know how many times there's been a conflict that before making the phone call and having the meeting, you thought it was going to be the end of the world. The building was going to come down. Next thing you know, you know, it's just a, you know, a terrible things were going to happen and dinosaurs were going to show up. But you know what the reality is? You sit there and you're like, this was nothing. Why didn't I have this meeting an hour earlier? Well, why didn't I address this yesterday? Why didn't I do this two days ago? Nine out of ten meetings that you go in that have to do with conflict, the sooner you meet with them, you come out saying, Honestly, I thought it was going to be worse, and it was nothing. So stop avoiding the conflict as a CEO, as an executive, as an entrepreneur. The longer you do, the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it just increases stress, not just for you, but for a lot of people. Point number nine, I don't think enough people put a lot of attention into this. You know, the book, uh, The Motive by Patrick Lencioni says, you know, a lot of times executive thing because you, you, you had a meeting, you said one thing one time that everybody's going to execute. He says, the employee, the average employee needs to hear your messaging seven times before they realize you're serious. Let me say this one more time. The average employee has to hear your set of standards seven times from you 
before they know it's serious. Seven times, not just one motivational speech. Oh, this is how we're going to run it here. Bam. That's not how it works. So I had a call this last week, and it was a conflict we had to address. And I was on a call for a couple hours, and then I made a suggestion for another call, and we had the call. And the call that I had with this individual, they were very upset, not happy, furious. And I, there, was, there, was, there was almost like a challenge going on between two personalities. And I asked this guy a question who was not happy. I said, let me ask you, has this person here that you're so upset about, has he ever flirted with your wife? He says, no. I said, has he ever disrespected your kids? No. Has he ever stolen money from you? No, Pat, no. Um, have they ever questioned your faith? No. Have they, I just kept going through, have they, have they, have they, no. I said, so what is it? Did, did he do something or not do something that offended you? Yes. And by the way, valid point on why he was offended. So I'm, I'm telling you it was a valid point on why he was offended. But you know what it was? What, what saved it is that this man here builds his business based on values and principles. And eventually he said, yeah, I understand. I said, so offending, what is offending? I've both offended a lot of people and I've made mistakes. God knows how many times. But I've also been offended and I've been here and I've had to learn how to bring myself here. The more I respond to being offended here, the more this keeps going, this keeps going, this keeps going. The more I get offended and I respond here, this goes and then disappears. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So your entire game of your business long term, the more you have it set on the right values and principles. We start meetings on time, we finish them on time, that you come prepared. Whatever those set of principles are, how you treat people, how you respect people, how you respect spouses, how you respect kids, all of that stuff, the more and more you talk about it and the more and more you execute it, eventually guess what goes up? Trust goes higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And the higher trust goes up, the more people stick around, the more people come back, the more people want to work for you, the more people want to be your clients, the more people want to be around you. If you build your business on the right set of values and principles. By the way, this isn't an instant stress. This is a gradual stress if you, if you don't build your business on values and, values and principles. So it goes like this, slowly, slowly, slowly. And then eventually when it gets up, guess what? It stays like this for a long time. It's painful if you don't build your business on values and principles. Because then eventually you can bring it back down to calm the entire situation you got. But that storm lasts a long time. Address it early so you don't have a lengthy storm. Point number 10 is annoying, it's stressful, it's upsetting, and you can get very irritated with this. And this is losing market share, okay? And market share is lost a lot of times by a leader, an executive, who no longer competes like they once used to. And what, I, what do I mean by no longer competes like they once used to? So you used to read everything that was going on in the marketplace. You used to read all the right books. You used to always have a book or an audio book playing. You used to always work on it. You used to inspire your guys. You used to drive your guys. You used to get up there and say, we're going to be, you used to cast a vision. You used to say, here's what we're going to do. And it attracted and it lifted your people up. But you no longer do it. You now think that everybody, just because you said it a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, they're just supposed to remember and execute it. That's not how this thing works. Losing market share is very annoying, but it happens often when the leader is content, is happy, is got an okay life, is doing their three, four times a week of golfing, is kicking back. They think they've already made it. It's like the CEO 
of GM from 1920s that said, if you have an enterprise, there is no resting in an enterprise where there is constant competition. There is no resting. Doesn't mean you don't sleep your six to eight hours a week, uh, a night. Doesn't mean you don't go out and get your, but it does mean you have to constantly be competing or else you will lose market share to somebody else who is outworking you, out improving, out strategizing, and outlasting. And by the way, there's competition that come and go. Some of them are seasonal. And then there's real competition. You have to respect your real competition or else they will take a market share away from you. So a lot of technical things covering this video. I haven't done one of these for a long time. And uh, if you like this video, there's another one I want you to watch. It's also like this that uh, is about how to inspect your business. I'm all about inspecting my business regularly. If you haven't watched this video, click over here. I got numbers of areas for you to inspect and how to go about inspecting it. Again, if you haven't seen it, click here to watch it. Take care, everybody.